Well, thank you, thank you, Jan and musicians. And I invite you now, please, to take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. And as you're turning, I want to express much appreciation to Amina Persaud and her family for the beautiful flowers placed at the front of the church today. They are in loving memory of her dear, loving husband, and uh, we, th we thank you, dear family, for your blessing and the blessing that you have been in the past, present, and future. Amen. Amen. Our theme today is Christmas is awesome. Christmas is awesome. Now, I understand that almost all of you understand what the word awesome means, but there are always, there are always wonderful people amongst us who are somewhat new to the English language. And uh, for the benefit of some of those dear folks, and actually for the benefit of all of us, because I've learned in recent days that the words that we sometimes use, we don't always necessarily have a full understanding until you look it up in a dictionary or you Google it. Amen. But the word awesome basically means inspiring great admiration or inspiring an overwhelming feeling of, of reverence and something which inspires awe. Uh, something, something great. And so, in that sense, Christmas is awesome. Now, you and I have had some awesome experiences of our own in different ways across the years. Is that, is that right? Um, one, of my, one of my most awesome experiences was the birth of our first child, our daughter Amy, on Christmas Day. And it's not really that long ago, because you can see I still look very young. <laughs> Say amen, somebody. Thank you very much. You've got very good eyesight. All right? But uh, in uh, 1984, we were expecting our first child, and of course that was a very exciting time. And the day came, we knew that she was going to be born on or around Christmas Day. And my wife would tell you, this is the truth. I was praying. I was sincerely praying that the baby would come sometime after Christmas Eve service. And the reason I was praying for that was because I said, honey, I'm just too busy, too busy before Christmas Eve service. And so I won't have, have any time off if you have the baby before Christmas Eve. And so it's good that God answers prayer. <laughs> because uh, uh, on, that, on that Christmas Eve, after we finished Christmas Eve service, I got home very late. And I think it was around 1 a.m. in the morning. Just, just, maybe it was a little bit later. Just as I finally went to bed, my, my wife started to kind of not let me go to sleep. And she wasn't letting me go to sleep because she said, you know, I think the baby's starting to come. I said, oh, honey, 
I'm so tired. <laughs> Can't wait till the morning. <laughs> or something like that. You know, I wasn't trying to be mean. Uh, but anyway, in the morning, in the morning, I think maybe it was around somewhere between 8.30 and 9.30 uh, when my wife and I left to go to the hospital. Uh, she, you know, we, we had gone to these... Uh, Classes, and they basically said, okay, when this and this and this happens, then you need to go to the hospital. So sometime that morning, we, we started to go into the car, went in the car, and we started to drive to Centenary Hospital. And it was kind of an awesome experience in part because as we were driving, as we were driving, I said to my wife, I said, uh, Cindy, our baby is going to be born today, Christmas Day, at four o'clock. And she said, yeah, right, yeah, you know, yeah, you know. And I said, Cindy, I'm serious, our baby is gonna be born at four o'clock. Okay, okay, meanwhile she was just trying to deal with the, uh, you know, whatever the babies do at that stage. And, and so then we arrived at the hospital, arrived and uh, she went into the proper room area and the doctor and the nurses examined her and everything and they, they said, well actually it was the doctor, the, the doctor, what's, what's the official title, obstetrician or gynecologist? Yeah, I just want to see if you know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so the, the doctor that delivers babies <laughs> uh, examined her thoroughly and said, okay, okay, uh, you'll probably have your baby tomorrow, late afternoon sometime, meaning the 26th. And I looked at him and I said, uh, doctor, our baby is arriving today at 4 o'clock, so could you please be ready? He looked at me and he said, you first-time fathers are often weird. <laughs> and, I, and I just, honestly, I, I looked at him and I, and I just said, doctor, just so you know, this baby is coming at four o'clock. I'd appreciate it if you and your staff will be ready. <laughs> this is a true story, true. I'm not, I'm not stretching it one bit. You can talk to my wife sometime. And uh, anyway... There wasn't too much happening, not too much happening, you know, with my wife really until about 3.30 that afternoon. 3.30, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the baby started to decide that it was almost time to come forth into the world. And uh, so they rushed her, they rushed her into the special room and, and got ready. The nurses ran in and the doctor who, who told me before to, you know, just cool it. The doctor came in and, and I was allowed to go in and be the personal photographer, by the way. <clears throat> so, uh, so the baby arrived. The baby arrived, came out of my wife, and uh, I said to the doctor, I said, doctor, uh, would you look at the clock, please? What time is it, doctor? He said, uh, four o'clock. <laughs> and what did I tell you? That your baby would be born at four o'clock. He said, he said I, I think we better hire you around here to tell us when the babies will be born. 
So anyway, I tell you that story. I don't know if I've ever told it to uh, the congregation before. But I tell you that story to just say that sometimes, whether it's you or me, you know, we have some unique experiences. We might say awesome experiences, right? By the way, by the way, um, I don't know why. I don't know why I was totally convinced the baby was going to be born at 4 o'clock. I, you know, I honestly to this day don't understand. Sometimes I get some very unique uh, knowledge, you might say, some very special knowledge, uh, even when I don't even ask for it. I'm not looking for it. It didn't matter to me. It didn't matter to me if the baby was born at 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 10 o'clock. It probably mattered to my wife, you know, as she wanted to get it over and done with sooner than later, of course. You ladies understand that, right? Amen, says my wife. Okay, but anyway, so you, you and I have had some unique and awesome experiences, whether it was at Christmas or some other time of the year. But I want, I want us to especially discover how Christmas is awesome from Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, where it says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. They named him Jesus. I want you to think with me on this beautiful topic of Christmas is awesome. To begin with, number one, for anyone taking notes, number one, Christmas is awesome because Jesus, the name Jesus, means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. Verse 18 says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. And the name Jesus means the Lord saves. Well, what did Jesus come to save us from? Verse 21 tells us the answer. Verse 21, why don't you read it in unison with me from the big screen? And she, Mary, will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Amen? And elsewhere in the Bible, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, it tells us of how when Jesus was born, an angel of the Lord appeared to a group of shepherds in the fields, and the angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. 
And it goes on. The Savior, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem. The Savior has been born. Now let's go back to the Gospel of Matthew chapter one where we're focused on, verse 18, which says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. I I told you that Jesus, the name, means the Lord saves, the Lord saves. And the title, the title Messiah <clears throat> comes from a Hebrew word and means anointed one. Messiah means anointed one or chosen one to deliver. Anointed, chosen to deliver. The, the Greek equivalent to Messiah is the word Christos, Christos, or in English, Christ, as we usually say. Now, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ comes from the Greek word Christos, meaning anointed one or chosen one. Now, just stick with me for a moment. Stick with me. This is all really wonderful. It's, it's beautiful because... In the first century, the Jews, the Jewish people, were looking for an an anointed one. They were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for a, a Christ, an anointed one, a chosen person to deliver them from Roman rule. They were under the rulership of the Roman Empire at that time. They were looking for a chosen person, an anointed one to deliver them from Roman rule. And God Almighty in heaven, the Lord in heaven essentially said, what you need, what you need more than anything else is the Messiah, the Christ who will save you, who will deliver you, not so much, not so much from the Roman domination, but you need the Messiah, the Christ, who will save you from the consequences of your sins. That's what the Lord was saying. And your Messiah's name is going to be Jesus. My friends, you and I also need the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the chosen one. Jesus saved us from the consequences of our sins when he died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for your sins and yours and yours and mine And Romans 3 in the Bible, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? The angel, the angel had said to the shepherds in the fields, The Savior, the Savior, Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. And today, I invite you to put your faith in Jesus if you haven't already done so. I invite you to put your faith in Jesus as your personal Savior. 
Jesus' name means the Lord saves. And we read in Acts, in our Bible, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, where it says, let's read it in unison, shall we? But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? And Acts chapter 2, 21 declares, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And so the question is, have you put your faith in Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, as your Savior, Jesus, who was born in a manger, grew up, died on the cross of Calvary, and became our Savior. Praise God, for he saves us from the penalty of sin. He saves us from hell, and he has made it possible for you and me to have eternal life in heaven with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Christmas is awesome because Jesus means the Lord saves. Let's go to a second truth. Secondly, Christmas is awesome because we discover the incredible power of the Holy Spirit. In verse 18, let's read in unison verse 18. You see it on the large screen. In unison together. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then when we get to verse 20, we further read this. Let's read verse 20. As he considered this, that is as Joseph considered uh, ending this relationship with Mary, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, my friends, obviously in the case of Mary, we see how the Holy Spirit miraculously made her pregnant with Jesus. This was, this was, of course, a, a, a once-in-history a once in miracle. But think with me. The same Holy Spirit power is active today. God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit and his power is alive and is active in this day, in, in, in this day and age. Amen? And for those of you, for those of you who need a, a physical healing, I say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit power, pour out your power into that dear man or woman, teenager or child who needs, who needs your help, Lord, who needs that, that healing, who needs that touch. 
For those of you who, for those of you who might be struggling with conflicts, conflicts at home, at work, at school, or wherever. Holy Spirit, bring about the solution. Bring about a beautiful solution by your power. Bring about victory over conflict. Amen? For those of you battling whatever addiction you might be wrestling with, may the Holy Spirit's power help you to break that bondage. Sometimes addictions get a hold of a person and, and the only way it can be broken is through the presence and the power of God's Holy Spirit. May the Lord give to you, give to you victory over whatever addiction has gotten a hold of you or a family member. And oftentimes addictions cause havoc not just for the individual, but for the whole family. For those of you married couples who are trying to have a baby, may the Holy Spirit's power do in your bodies whatever needs to be done, whatever needs to be done, so that nine months from now, you'll have a, a precious baby boy or girl who will surprise you sometimes as your baby is, is, is growing up. I, I was surprised this week, as most of you know, my wife and I have a three-year-old grandson from uh, our daughter and her husband, and we have a 10-month-old little granddaughter from our son, Jeremy, and his wife. Well, this, this week, I think it was maybe just yesterday, my son or his wife, one of them, they sent me on, on my phone, you know, I know how to use these gadgets a little bit more now, okay? So uh, my, my son sent me uh, a, a video, a video of my little 10-month-old little, uh, granddaughter. And you know what she was doing? Of course you don't know what she was doing. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> he sent me this video. And it's a video in which this 10-month-old picks up the phone, puts it to her ear, and says, hello? <laughs> hello? And I, I, I looked at it. I watched it two or, or three times. I watched it two or three times, and I thought, my, oh, my, you just never know what these little ones are going to do, right? I mean, a lot of you have little ones in your life, and, and you've had lots of surprises with them too, haven't you? Right? Yeah, and, and it's kind of neat. Neat as to uh, what they do and sometimes what they don't do, <laughs> right? Anyway, moving along, for those of you, for those of you whose heart is hurting because of the death of a loved one, whether that death happened a few days ago, as is the case with several in our, in our church family, or whether that death happened years ago, May the Holy Spirit, may the power of the Holy Spirit comfort you in a way that only he is able to comfort. The way that only God by his spirit is able to touch your heart even years down the road.
And for those of you looking for a wonderful wife or a holy husband, may the power of the Holy Spirit connect you, connect you with the right woman or the right man. Amen. 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 But for some of you, can I just say, help the Lord out a little bit. <laughs> take, take some initiative. Take some initiative. Amen. Sometimes over the years, young men or young women or even grown up men or women have said to me, you know, Pastor, I'm looking for a nice woman or a nice man to, to marry. And, and, I, and I, I maybe said something like, well, um, do you ever talk to a single woman or do you ever talk to a single man? Well, no, I, I'm too shy. Well, I, I can understand that, although shyness has not been, a, I think, I don't think it's been an issue for me across the years. But, but uh, you know, I can appreciate that. But anyway, you know, just t take some initiative, all right? Sometimes as you take some initiative, the Lord just kind of pushes things along. <laughs> Is there an amen in the house? All right, all right. So... May you experience the power of the Holy Spirit in these and many other wonderful ways, other ways that I'm sure some of you are thinking, well, you didn't mention this, Pastor Nick, you didn't mention that. That's true, but let's move to the next point, okay? Third truth that I want to share with you as to why Christmas is awesome is this. Christmas is awesome because we learn that the Lord wants to guide us and to help us make the right choices in life. In the Christmas story, Joseph was faced with a difficult choice after discovering that Mary was pregnant. Um, at first, at first he probably thought something like, Joseph probably thought, oh no, the girl of my dreams is pregnant with someone else's child. Well, Joseph loved Mary, but felt he had to break the engagement, as verse 19 says. And verse 20, however, tells us this. Why don't you read in unison with me, verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. All right, what was God doing? What was God doing? God was guiding Joseph, right? You see that with me? The Lord God was guiding Joseph. A commentator in the New Living Translation Life Application Study Bible, if ever, by the way, you are thinking of buying a new Bible, I would strongly recommend to you Life Application Study Bible, New Living Translation. Highly recommend it to you. But God was guiding Joseph, and a commentator in the New Living Translation Bible says this. He says, Although Joseph seemed to be doing the right thing by breaking the engagement, only God's guidance helped him make the best decision. 
Only God's guidance helped him make the best decision. My friend, as you look to the new year, be encouraged. Be encouraged knowing that the Lord wants to guide you and to help you and to help me to make the right decisions, the right choices in life. Question, how might the Lord guide us? Well, perhaps a dream. In the case of Joseph, obviously, in the case of Joseph, the Lord had an angel of the Lord appear to him in a dream. Might the Lord use a dream to direct you? Possibly. God has his ways of doing unique things, so we must not rule his unique ways of working. We must not rule them out. My years of pastoral experience have taught me also that the Lord often uses other ways. He uses other ways, such as the Bible. He guides us by the word of the Lord. It is a lamp unto our feet, says the Bible verse. He guides us by the Bible. For instance, for instance, if ever, if ever you or I, if ever anyone is, uh, is being tempted outside of marriage, outside of marriage, all we need to do is read, for example, Exodus chapter 20, verse 14, which says, you must not commit adultery. There's the guidance. There's God's direction. There's God's instruction. Very straightforward. You must not, or King James Version, I believe, says, thou shalt not commit adultery. That's straightforward guidance. Or, for example, if ever, if you, ever you or I have been tempted to steal Pastor Lisa's beautiful red car, because it is a beautiful car, Exodus chapter 20 Exodus chapter 20, verse 15 says, you must not steal. You must not steal. So you better put that one out. All right? Now, if you want to steal my car <laughs> with almost 400,000 kilometers and lots of problems with it, <laughs> no, I don't want you to steal it because stealing is not right. Okay? It's not right. All right? Um, but other times, other times the Lord will guide us by what he says in the book, in the Bible, all right? So sometimes if you're wondering about something, uh, you can ask me, you can ask Pastor Lisa, for example, if, if we can give you an answer right away, we will. If not, we'll say, okay, let's, let's, go, let's go to the back of the Bible where there's a concordance that might help us find a an appropriate verse to give us an answer to the question that you are asking. Anyway, other times, other times, uh, you can often receive guidance through prayer, through prayer. So whatever the issue might be, you and I need to pray about it and just say what, sometimes, sometimes, I don't know why this is so, sometimes in regards to some issues, all you have to do is just pray briefly, right? Just just pray briefly, and somehow you begin to sense that, okay, this is what the Lord wants. Other times, other times, you have to pray for hours, or sometimes you have to you know, pray about it many days, or at least several days, and I don't know why that is so. No one can give you a full answer there. But all I do know is 
The Lord guides us through prayer. So when you're facing issues and decisions this coming year, commit it into the Lord's hands. That's what the Bible says. Commit into the hands of the Lord. Amen? Commit to prayer. You can also be directed by a person, for example, a person who cares about you. That could be a mother, father, brother, sister, friend, coworker, pastor, counselor, a doctor, all right, someone else. A person who cares about you may be used by the Lord to guide you. Sometimes the guidance you need might be found in a book, a book, a CD, the internet. Sometimes the guidance will, will be found in a sermon, in a message that you're listening to, whether it's one of my messages or one of our other pastors or whether you're listening to a message um, on the radio or on television or from the internet. The Lord guides us in these and many other ways. Amen? Amen? Call upon the Lord to help you, to guide you. And then let me take you to a fourth truth, a fourth truth as to why Christmas is awesome, and it is this. Christmas is awesome because Joseph inspires us to do what the Lord wants us to do even though others might be telling us otherwise. The Lord told Joseph to go ahead and finalize the marriage with Mary. Notice, notice what Joseph did towards the end of our reading, verse 24 and 25. Read it in unison with me. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. I, I, I am quite certain that there were family members, I want you to think with me about this, think, think. I am very certain, in fact, that there were family members and friends in Joseph's life who, who probably said to him something like this. They probably said, Joseph, 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 Joe, Joey, Joseph, you insist you are not intimate with Mary, but she's pregnant. Joseph, this means she has already been uh, unfaithful to you. There is no way you should marry her, boy. I I'm convinced that there were family members and friends who must have said that to him. A commentator says this. He says, consenting to marry Mary, consenting to marry Mary surely cast doubt on Joseph's own innocence regarding the pregnancy, as well as leaving them both with a social stigma they would carry for the rest of their lives. Yet Joseph chose to obey the angel's command. Joseph chose to obey the angel's command. My friend, in your life, decide. 
Decide to do what the Lord wants you to do, even though others might be telling you otherwise. Choose to live in obedience to the Lord. This Christmas, I invite you in a fresh way, in a new way, to say, Lord, I choose to live in full obedience to you, dear Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Christmas is awesome. As we think of these truths that we have unwrapped from a part of the Christmas story, indeed, we are in awe, at least I am in awe, as I reflect upon these beautiful truths that are like gems, gems shining forth, encouraging us. Lord, I pray that this Christmas and in the new year to come, all of us, all of us have either decided or we will decide to say, Jesus, I begin to trust in you as my Savior, the Messiah, the Christ, the sent one, sent to pay the price for my sins. And I pray, Lord, that you would guide your people, that you would guide us in unique ways or in ordinary ways in accordance with your good and perfect will. And I pray that through this journey, you would help us to do, to do what you want us to do, just as Joseph did, to do what you want us to do, even, even when others might be sending us along a different path, another path. And throughout this life, we want to be obedient. We want to grow in our obedience to you, dear Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I invite you now to reflect and ask yourself the question, am I trusting in Jesus as my Savior the Messiah, the Christ. And as you hear this beautiful song, may you just bow your head wherever you are and may you say, Lord, I choose Jesus to be my Savior. What an awesome decision that is. And others... May you say, as you hear this beautiful song, 
others of us, may we say, Lord, I choose to be more and more obedient to you. Amen.